Welcome to episode one Hold of on. Flip the Record. It's going to be a deep dive podcast. Each week we're going to look at one band or artist and go through their entire discography uh, from start to finish, break it down album by album, go over some of our favorite songs, least favorite songs, uh, little fun facts, anecdotes about the band, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Hell yeah, let's get into it, bro. All right. Well, let me let me do uh, intro for this week's band. So today's band has over 11 billion YouTube views, two songs on Spotify with over a billion streams, over well over 10 billion Spotify streams. I stopped counting after 10 billion on the fourth album. Yeah, more or less. Uh, they've sold 70 million albums and 30 million singles worldwide. Their first album is one of the best-selling albums in the United States. Over 12 million copies shipped and worldwide, 30 million copies sold. The band has produced 11 number one singles on the Billboard Billboard Alternative Song Chart uh, and is second ever to have at least 10 weeks with three or more tracks on that chart. Hold on one second. Does Billboard not have a rock chart? <laughs> what the hell? They do. They, they classified this as alternative. Oh, okay. Whatever. Go <laughs> ahead. And uh, last little stat here. This band became the first, and this they labeled them as a rock band, to achieve more than 1 billion YouTube hits. So... This week's group is Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, baby. I've been looking forward to this one for a while, honestly. <laughs> episode it's weird to say i've been looking forward to this for a while but man it's right up there top top 10 top 15 in my book yeah so i think it's kind of cool that we're starting the pod with lincoln park is is my favorite group of all time and then next week we're doing shinedown which is your favorite group of all time yeah so uh it'll be cool throughout this pod we're gonna bring in people that we're familiar with uh not as familiar with people that groups that we know like their hits but we want to you know listen to the rest of their catalog and then some others yeah, and then some others. <laughs> Taylor Swift. When I saw Taylor Swift on the list, I was like, uh, I don't know about that one, Chief. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out as we go, I guess. Well, yeah, I think uh, for me, too, and I guess a little bit of intro, I, I'm Joey. Yeah, and I'm Joe, by the way. But, yeah, so when I was thinking of, like, people I would want to learn more about, it was just like, all right, even some people that are, like, super popular, like Taylor Swift or Ed Sheeran, where it's like, all right, like I hear songs on the radio, and some of them are good, some of them are all right. And they're like, oh, it'd be cool to listen to their catalog. Yeah, I think there's something to that, too, where like an artist like Taylor Swift maybe don't love the music, but she's got a lot of it, and I feel like there's a lot of other things to talk about there. A lot of stories, a lot of side quests for Taylor Swift. Uh, so I think there's just a lot to dig in there and kind of, you know, maybe we find something, maybe we don't, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about with that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically the intro to the pod. Like I said, we're going to go album by album, uh, rate all the albums, give our top 10 songs, all that good stuff. Um, so I guess, are you, you ready to dive into Linkin Park or do you want to do? I, I want to do one thing before we get started. Just all right, let's do it. Total sidetrack. I'm never fucking drinking again, dude. <laughs> oh, St. Patrick's Day? Oh my God. It took everything I had, man. I, <laughs> I, I. This is kind of karma, too, because I feel like I've been saying to people lately, like, oh, my tolerance is so high. Like, I've never been better. 
you know, and I don't even drink that much anymore. Maybe, maybe once a week. Um, usually once every other week. Like, I don't drink during the week at all. I live at home, so, you know, whatever. But we, <laughs> I got wrangled into going to the bar at 8 a.m. on Friday morning, which is fine. It's St. Patrick's Day. Uh, t- let me let me throw the challenge flag. You didn't get wrangled into going to the bar. You were looking forward to going to the they bar. fucking twisted my arm. We'll never talk to you again if you're not here by 9. And so I had to go. You know, it's St. Patrick's Day. What, what else were they doing? The other thing is, like, so I turned 21 in April of 2019. So obviously I wasn't able to go out for St. Patrick's Day that year. 2020 was COVID. 2021 was probably also COVID. And then last year it was on a Thursday. So I was probably working. But you get St. Patrick's Day on a Friday, get a chance to take it off work. First time to go out that early in the morning. Not to mention March Madness is the first weekend of March Madness. You got, what is it, 16 games on from noon to midnight? Give me that. So, yeah. So they twisted my arm, forced me out there. Um, That's all great. Side note, we did have a buddy get uh, cut off at 10.30 a.m., and promptly kicked out by 12.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, dude's a menace. You probably know Darian, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Darian's something else, man. But uh, <laughs> um, no, we had a good time, but it was we did a little bit like back and forth in the bar because we knew it was going to be a long day. So like 1 o'clock we left, watched some games, had some food, whatever, got back at like 3.30, caught up with you and Pat and uh, everybody else. Probably was there till what, 5.30? Yeah. 5.30, went back, came back at like 7, stayed at there from like 7 to 11. I've never had liver pain like I did yesterday. <laughs> I, I I spent the whole day trying to figure it out because I was like, well, maybe I bumped into something or I, I took a there – w- there was one point where I slipped and like landed on my ass and like <laughs> it wasn't even – like I was a little drunk, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm such a stumbling, bumbling idiot. No, it was just a, a dumbass like, sl- like cartoon slip and fall. <laughs> real time and Jerry shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I spent the whole day yesterday with an upset stomach, liver pain like I've never felt, and just overall like, holy shit, this is what getting old feels like. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had liver pain. <laughs> it, it was truly shocking because I thought like, okay, if it's kidney pain, it'll be on both sides probably. But no, it was just on the right side, and I think that's where your liver is. Um, yeah, I'm no expert, but whatever. That's not the point. I, I really think I did like – Un, untolerable damage to my body this weekend, and I never want to have that happen again. So, for next St. Patrick's Day, we will start at a bright and early 4:35 p.m. and just enjoy the night. Don't don't get crazy with it. Yeah. So, uh, we we did it. We came out, met you guys at like well, we were there at like you know 1:32 o'clock or whatever, and ended up going back at 5:36, and we went out to dinner. And then we went back to, to my place, and we watched March Madness. And, like, it was funny. Uh, like, Pat was falling asleep on the couch. Like, everyone was kind of just, you know, winding down. And, and just, you know, you could tell everyone had was tired or whatever. And I think, I don't know, that might have been the way to do it. But, honestly, like, my head started hurting in the evening. And then <laughs> even yesterday, I still felt like crap. So, either way, you're, you know, you're not, you're, you're not going to feel good. Let's move on. Let's get into it. Or unless you got anything, what would you get up to? No, I don't. I don't have that much. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah we'll just get on with it then. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get into it here. First album, Hybrid Theory. I just want to start off by saying I think this is, if it's not number one, it's certainly top three of my personal favorite albums of all time. Every single song on this album 
for me is a classic. Like I love every single song, with the exception of High Voltage, which is bonus it's still track. It's still good, but it's not it's not on the same level, the same pedestal as as uh, you know, One Step Closer, In the End, Push Me Away, Paper Cut, like uh, pretty much every other song on the album. Yeah. Crawling. When you put yourself on a, on a pedestal that fucking high, it's hard to be like, all right, we got a couple extra songs in the bag still. Let's mix them in. Yeah, but taking a step back, I think this album, um, and this album came out in 2000. So the time this album came out, the sound of the album was like different from anything else that was out there. Yeah, so when you look at like music nerds, they categorize this as new metal. Um, <laughs> I did read that. I did read that. Um, and to an extent, I, I could understand that, but it, it's so... I, the two bands I can kind of liken this to that came before Linkin Park, it does sound a lot like Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit has this like hard rock, kind of like hip hop mix, but it, it's sure. super basic, man. Like, it doesn't really sound like hip at any hip hop you've heard, um, especially at the time. And you know, the hard rock I could take or leave. It's just, and I think with Limp Bizkit, the Whereas their sound is more of a constant, Linkin Park's, like, even on this album, like, within each song, there's different levels of, like, uh, between, like, the verse and the chorus. Like, the, it's just such a, the sound is like a roller coaster almost. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, uh, frankly, when, y- when you look at the hip-hop part of Lincoln or Limp Bizkit, just in a quick generalization, I don't think the, the sounds are, like, anything special. They don't, like, well, I'm going to get into it, but Mike Shinoda is awesome on the mix. He does a great job mixing it up, especially at the intros of songs. Absolutely. Limp Bizkit is just meh. It's generic kind of almost. Now, you know, what they did with the rock rap stuff, that's new. But their sound is very it, – it's unimpressive almost to me. Right. So so this this album came out in 2000, and uh, a couple of interesting fun facts I, I have on this album and just, like, around the band, you know, forming or whatever. Yeah, go for it. So when Hybrid Theory came out – well, f- let me take a step back. So Linkin Park uh, was originally going to go by the band name of Hybrid Theory, but they didn't want to um, – there's a ba- other group called Hybrid, and they didn't want to be confused with Hybrid. So then they were going back and forth. They were deciding between a couple different names, and Chester Bennington, uh, he suggested Linkin Park because it was a park that he walked by in Arizona called Linkin Park. And then they – so they agreed on that, and they but they changed it from, like, the traditional spelling of Lincoln yeah. to, you know, L-I-N-K-I-N. Right. Uh, because, and this is actually really cool, because the domain, like the URL, Lincoln Park spelled differently, was available, <laughs> and Lincoln Park spelled, you know, L I N C O L N was not available. Right, of course. But so taking a step back, this is in 2000 when the internet was just getting started. Dot com boom. Yeah, and they had the foresight to be like, all right, we need the domain, like we <laughs> need the domain if <laughs> of whatever band name we're gonna pick. Right. So I I just thought that was really cool. It's cool. It's it's maybe the, it's not even a big problem, but it's one of the big problems I have with this band is that. I every time I hear somebody talking about a random Lincoln Park p- around the country, my ears perk up, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they're just talking about like somewhere near Oak Park. They're talking Michigan. about Chicago. <laughs> yeah, like it's, but no, I, I think it's a decent band name. It's nothing. It's not awesome. It's a good band name, not great. Yeah. So so going back to uh, Hybrid Theory here, before again taking a step back, initially the label was uh, not pleased with the band's hip hop and rock style approach. Um, they actually asked Chester Bennington at one point if if he would, you know, essentially kick out Mike Shinoda and be like the lead singer of the band and, and just not have Mike Shinoda. 
and uh, Chester, of course, was like, no, I'm not going to do that. First of all, Mike Shinoda had formed the band with the other five right, guys right. in the band or whatever. And uh, so Chester was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then even when they initially gave the label, like, their demo for the album, the label was like, oh, we don't know about this or whatever. And they kept fighting and fighting. And, uh, yeah, they, to release it their way. Right. And that brings up an interesting theme I'll talk about throughout this episode is that Mike Shinoda is the double-edged sword of Linkin Park. He he is on he he is there for their greatest highs and their lowest lows. Oh, um, for sure, for sure. And I'll dig into that as we go. But interesting to see that even from the jump, there are people who are like, "Yo, we, this guy, I don't know about him, man." <laughs> now that being said, that being said, as we get into hybrid theory, hybrid theory would be n- nowhere near what it is without him. Oh, of course not. Yeah, and the the blend of. Uh, like we talked about w- when we did, uh, not on this podcast, but on another one, we talked about Blink-182. And Linkin Park, in my opinion, does like the two lead vocalists, essentially, like the best. Like when you have Mike Shinoda going in and, and doing the uh, the verses and then Chester comes in for the chorus, like it just hits you. It's like, holy shit. Like, because Chester's such a great vocalist. Yeah, and they're two completely different things, too. It's, uh, you know, sometimes there'll be a lot of bands that have two vocalists and you know, one of the vocalists might be amazing, and the other guy's meh. This is such a stark contrast of styles and voices that it really hits you. When you, you get right into it with Paper Cut, it yeah. hits you like a brick. Um, and so that's another cool thing that we'll talk about as we go here, but absolute dynamic duo. Yeah, so la- last little fun fact here, and then we can actually start breaking down the songs of this album. When Hybrid Theory came out, Linkin Park sent out uh, mailers, so like physical mail with... Uh, half cds half cassettes to fans that they had like built up from like just playing you know locally or whatever and they sent in these mailers they had like two songs from the album and that's kind of how they spread awareness of the album which is really cool and this album uh sold like five million the first year second five million the second year so it was a you know really good selling album yeah yeah so all right so that was uh my little fun facts i wanted to know what two songs were in the mailer any by any chance (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like if you're going to send out a mailer, you got to pick two songs off this album to send out to people who just like probably heard a couple of songs you made as demos or stuff. Right. It's got to be in the end and I don't know. One step maybe one step closer. One step close one yeah, we'll, we'll Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. could be it. But yeah, cool. so, so uh yeah, so let's get into the like just each yeah. I think every song on this album, like I said, with the exception of High Voltage, is great. Like, yeah. Uh, what what are what are your favorite songs from this album? Favorite songs here, Papercut obviously is is a banger. And so for the people, right? So this is their first album. People who may or may not know about this band, they hear in the end on the radio. Then they're like, ah, oh, we'll check out this album. You hear, uh, what's his name? I just brought it up. Brad Durson or I'll, I'll remember yeah, the later. guitarist. You hear the guitarist come in with that little intro, and then they just start wailing into their microphones. It's a smack in the face, like holy shit! If like if you're a if you're a hard rock fan, this is cocaine to the veins. <laughs> it smacks you as hard as it possibly can, and it doesn't stop for basically the whole <laughs> Three album. And a half yeah, but even it, yeah, like when they get to. Um, after the chorus, like w- the bridge, whatever you want to call it, when they're like, when, uh, and then the Chester's going like, when the sun goes down, yeah, and yeah. they have like the 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 music behind that, it's right. just like, holy crap, right? Yeah, and that's that's one of the great things about this album is again, 
they have the classic hard rock stuff. Not classic. Let's not call it classic. But the, the meat and potatoes hard rock stuff, even like metal stuff. And then Shinoda adds a little flicker of, of the mixer in the back. Or it might be in the beginning of the song. Or, you know, he mixes it in throughout the albums. And it's such a, like, nuanced electric touch to add to this that makes their sound so so special absolutely so yeah paper cut opens the album and then one step closer which is one of my all-time favorite oh songs yeah, yeah. amazing absolutely uh with you good points of authority one of my favorites Agreed. crawling one of my all-time favorites Crawling's another one where he bennington gets on the mic and just wails away and it god man the, every time i hear it, it it makes my skin crawl man he's just so <laughs> God, it's it's so different than a lot of things you hear, but um, Th- yeah. that song too, like on the live albums that they release, that's one of my favorite like live versions of their songs to listen to. Oh, absolutely, crawling. yeah, I could see a lot of these songs being even electric live. Even uh, in crawling, like on uh, the Road to Revolution, the album we have on or the CD I have on here for crawling, they do like a fifty-two second intro where it's just playing like the you know a couple like just the the beginning of it, and then when it finally gets into it, it's just like woo. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the things I like the most about going to concerts is when the the bands do a little ad libbing or like improv on their songs. That's I don't know, man. It just it gets you in the mood. It's it, it's stuff you obviously won't hear on the album, and that's that's what I pay the price of the ticket to go see. Oh, of course, part of it at least. Yeah. So after crawling, run away, great song by myself. Good song. Good song. In the end, I mean, it's it's probably their most well known song. It's either that or numb. Yeah, classic. Those are the those are the two when I did the intro that both have over a billion streams. Oh wow! Yeah. So so I mean, in the end, that's one of my all. It's probably my all time favorite Lincoln Park song. Yeah, I I can see that totally. It's in my top fifteen for sure. Again, you have Mike Shinoda going. It's the back and forth. Yeah, and then Chester comes in for the verse and just kills it. Yep. And um, we'll we'll get into this, but even the they have a remix of in the end on reanimation that that even the remix. Mike Shinoda changes up the verses that he sings. Yeah, Even yeah. the remix, I was like, holy crap, this is an amazing song. Yeah, and I, I said this to you before we started, man, but this is this might even be a crazy take, but the, the reanimation version of In the End is, so they, they get uh, they get Method Man and Come Master Kirk to come on the remix, Wu-Tang Clan. By the way, you're a band that has one album, and you went out and got Wu-Tang to come do your remixes. Wow. Talk about a way to, like, get the people going, man. And that's something you don't see a lot in rock music either. And I, You know, this is definitely a, a step away from your traditional rock music, but you don't see a lot of bands going out and getting, like, features on their songs. Um, Linkin Park breaks that entirely throughout their catalog. Yeah. Throughout their catalog, they're they're littered with features. Uh, but more, th- more so towards the back half of their discography but yeah i mean yeah but also well, minu- like minus the reanimation rea- so that's what i'm talking course. about right oh, okay yeah the, the the meat and potatoes albums until you get to like uh living things yeah are pretty pretty straightforward lincoln park but then with those the with those albums they got the they got reanimation and they got uh re- recharged they got recharged and the the jay-z out collision course oh, collision course yeah um i mean high high profile features you don't see other bands doing you would expect Linkin Park to get a bunch of guys you never heard of to do remixes and just throw that in there. But as we go along, you'll see the the, the, the caliber of these features they're getting is unreal. And that's another thing I will give Shinoda credit for. Because I, I would venture to say that that's probably his doing. Yeah, so I do have a fun fact once we get to uh, Collision Course. But yes, Mike Fair Shinoda, enough. like, yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, so so uh, closing out this album, A Place for My Head, amazing song. Forgotten, I, I, I really like that song. Cure for the Itch, it's just an instrumental, Yeah. but I still love it's it. It's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Every album needs a couple of those songs where like they're not a banger. It's not going to be like uh, something you hear on the radio, but it's still fun. It gets people going, man. It, it, as far as closing out albums go, it's the 11th track on the album. I don't know, man. It's Who, who wouldn't like it? Yeah, and then after that, Pushing Me Away. Uh, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, great. My song. December, I, dude. That's sneaky. One like one of my favorite songs. Like yeah. top fifteen, top twenty. That's something that, you know. I listened to it a couple times. It's uh, it's good. I don't know. It's it's definitely not in the top fifty of my catalog, but uh, you know. So one of the things you'll you'll realize as we go through this too, and I've done this on just personal like listening. The more you listen to albums that maybe you like or don't like, especially the ones you're kind of in the middle on, you'll find songs that you like as you listen to it again and again. Hundred percent. This certainly was one of those ones for me. Yeah. And uh, this one, similar to your in the end take, I this one for me, I like the remix of this on Reanimation better than the one on Hybrid Theory. Yeah, Reanimation did, did a like great the job. Do 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 do. Yep. In the background. Yep. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So maybe that's a good pushing off point to get into Reanimation a little bit. If you want, just quick hitters. Uh, certainly. It, it's and, and uh, for context, so Hybrid Theory came out in 2000. Reanimation came out in 2002 it's they remixed every single song from hybrid theory right but they, it's not the same order as the original set list which is kind of cool they also renamed all the songs in like odd yeah. ways that you kind of have to like phonetically say to yourself <laughs> in order to understand so like like in the end is spelled e-n-t-h space n space e-n-d yeah so nth and and yeah and like like points of authority is like pts uh, you know, period or dot whatever, O-F dot A-T-H-R-T-Y. Which I actually think is pretty cool because a lot of times you see remix albums where it's just like, in the end, remix featuring da-da-da-da-da, you know? Um, this is like a clearly like, there's no chance you could mistake this for the original. Uh, especially when you turn it on, there's no chance, but like just looking at it right away. And in a time where, where CDs uh, were the big thing, you pick up the back of a CD cover, and you it, you obviously know Linkin Park. You know Linkin Park but if you're looking at this album. And so you'll immediately know that this is not Hybrid Theory. But after a little bit of looking, you'll realize, oh, that's a Hybrid Theory song. That's a Hybrid. And then you kind of put the points together, and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, what is this? Right. So that's, that's a cool thing that comes with having, like, physical copies of music having to be sold. Dude, so two things. One, the artwork on this album is one of my favorite. It's like a it's like a green transformer, pretty F much. Fire, fire. Um, but two, so taking a step back, this is Linkin Park's second album. They've had great success <laughs> yeah. with their first album. Their second album, they didn't say, hey, let's make new songs. They said, our first album was so fucking good, we're, we're going to remake every single song on the album. <laughs> and it's still going to kick ass. It was so wild. It, it's a wild take. Like, you know, these bands, they sign deals with record companies. It might be three albums, four albums, whatever. To, to say, you know what? We're, we're the first one did so well that we'll just go ahead and waste the second one on the first one again, just different. <laughs> wild, wild move, especially considering they didn't get so much traction even, like, to get to Hybrid Theory, they had to, like, they had to claw their way in. And then Hybrid Theory blows up, and they're like, ah, we're in good shape. We'll do this. Again, Mike Shinoda at his best here. Yeah, and it's I think it's a testament to how Linkin Park, throughout their whole you know catalog, each album they try and make a slightly different sound. 
Yeah, yeah, and again, that's that's gonna get back to my double-edged sword thing here, but right, I do appreciate that. Sometimes, like, so sometimes it doesn't work as well, but like, for reanimation, it works well. Like, the let me let me put it this way. Uh, and I maybe this is a hot take, but if they didn't release Hybrid Theory, let's say their first album was Meteora, okay. and then they release Reanimation, so like these songs were all new to you, it would still be a bitchin' album. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into that with Meteora too, because I think that album is just as hard and heavy as the first one. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess real quick for Reanimation, I'll just give you my. Uh, you know, some of my favorites here. Yeah. Oh, I thought I had it pulled up. Maybe I didn't. All right. Well, I have the album pulled up. So, Points of Authority remix, In the End remix, uh, Pushing Me Away one, Place for My Head. Like I said, the My December one I liked more than the original. Um, same with, or I really like the Paper Cut one, too. I was going to say that, yep. Yeah. I I love the Crawling one, and I, li- oh, yeah. I really like the One Step Closer remix, too. Um, just different. So different. It's especially one step closer man it's such a hard and heavy song to then flip it into this like hip-hop metal hybrid it's so fucking cool man yeah if if you are a lincoln park fan but you haven't given this album a full listen it's worth your time absolutely you might not there'll be i've said this before there'll be some something for everybody here not all of it will be for you but there will be something for you in there so that being said i think we're good to move on to meteora here let's do it all right, so Meteora comes out in 2004. Wow, what a what an incredible album. Uh, oh, I think 2003. Was it 2003? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 2003. I misread that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the first album where the first track is not like a, a you know, meat and bones song. They get a foreword. Um, just mm-hmm. a little inter- inter- interlude uh, to get you going. And then it breaks right into Don't Stay. Don't Stay Again. Kind of the same thing as Paper Cut. Hard and heavy. Gets you going. And it doesn't it doesn't stop until you get to I don't know faint maybe like it, no, it, easy, it doesn't easier to run is a little bit different. yeah yeah, yeah. it it just doesn't slow down for the most part um, somewhere I belong is one of those songs you hear the the mixer and you immediately know the song <laughs> and that's that's one of the cool things I think Lincoln Park has a lot of these songs and this is a Shinoda does this so well where it's not the typical just like guitar intro to get you into the song and then go. It's weird mixer stuff, keyboard stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of different things that he does that you would never expect from a like a, a hard rock metal band that just like adds this little touch. It's like, holy shit. And now imagine hearing that in concert. Like we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but. You're you're sitting in the crowd, kind of waiting for it. The lights are coming down. All of a sudden, you hear like a drum beat or something, and th- that'll go for thirty seconds or so, and the mixer kicks in, and you're like, "Holy shit, here we fucking go!" Yeah, it's a wild, wild like mix of sounds that just were. It's. It, I was thinking about this on the way here. The, uh, what, one of the cool things about Lincoln Park is that like, I don't think any of the the band members on their own are like top top tier musicians but the sum of the parts is incredible like i don't think shinoda's like the best person i've ever heard on the mic i don't think the guitarist does anything wild on the on the guitar the drums uh chester chester has this amazing voice um maybe maybe that's the exception chester is an absolute gold mine on the mic um but aside from that like the music's not the pieces of the music are not all that 
incredible. But the, the sum of the parts and, and Somewhere I Belong is a great example of it is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I totally agree when you hear like the or oh, I can't even do it, but yeah, yeah, exactly. When you hear that, like every time when it comes on shuffle, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah like shit gets people going. That's that's one of my favorite songs. Um, and Lion for Me is a great one. Hit the floor is is all right. I love Hit the Floor, but that's oh, really? that's just like I I like the heavy stuff from Lincoln Park. And okay, that's okay, that's right up there, one step closer. Just see, I think uh, I think that's where you and I tend to diff like for the. Most part, we're in agreement, but I think that's where we tend to differ. Is I like some of the softer stuff, and I think you like the heavier stuff. Absolutely, which is totally fine. Right. Um. Yeah. Easy to run is is good, and then I think, I think from here, faint figure point oh nine and breaking the habit like that three stretch, <laughs> those those three songs. Holy crap! Yeah. Those all kick ass. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. Uh, this is a this is a no skip album, and right through the middle, you're you're gonna be in trance. It, if you're a big Linkin Park fan, there's nothing here that you're gonna miss here. Right, and, and then from from the inside, like that's another one. Like live when it when Chester hits like the take everything. Yeah, like, yeah, that's great. Uh, nobody's listening. Funny enough, that was one of my favorite Linkin Park songs when I was like first introduced to Linkin Park when I was like 12. Yeah, it's that's this is a kind of an outlier from this album. Oh, it th- totally is. It's 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 much more uh, what I would call like. I don't not rap, but it's I mean hip-hop. it is. Yeah, it's, it's more hip hop than. Um, it's also Chester doing hip hop, which is a little weird. It, tell me if I'm wrong here, but like a lot well, of the. What do you mean, Shinoda does the verses on that? The the chorus though, the chorus. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. The yeah. verses are all Shinoda, but like a lot of the times when when Ch- when even when Shinoda's doing the hip hop in the verses, the chorus goes back to like a very kind of uh, normalized hard rock chorus. This is this is Chester doing his his hip hop chorus, which is weird, but it it works out if you. I mean, I like it. Yeah, no, I like it too. So then, uh, two two more tracks on the album. So session this one, uh, I have a very obscure reference. Whenever I hear this song, it reminds me of playing Time Splitters two on the GameCube. Like it sounds, <laughs> and I, I if if one person in the world gets that reference, that will make my day because it's like. It's a uh, it's a GameCube game where it's 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 you know you go travel back and forth in time and shoot them up or whatever. But like when you're playing the missions, like this is what the music sounds like in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know the reference, but <laughs> I, I'll get into some other stuff like that like, probably at some point. Yeah, and then arguably, you know, their best song, "Numb," to yeah. close out the album. Yeah. Wow. What a what a finisher, man. The uh, <laughs> I don't know how bands like go through their catalogs because when they're putting together an album s- most bands have like 20 songs that are given or taken to then say all right here's going to be our 13 track set list we're going to put nom at the end and that's going to be the radio hit that's going to be our single jesus christ man you don't see that a lot um but especially the way like you get introduced with don't stay and somewhere i belong and then you leave with numb how could you listen through this album and say eh. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it it really is. And I think once we do some more episodes, I think uh we'll be able to talk about this more, but I I, t- I agree with you what it what always I don't know if it it like ticks me off is when a band will put like a shitty song to open up the album. Agreed. It's like statistically if you go on Spotify, like you can see how many streams each song has. The number one song on the album typically has like 
the second most streams after like the hit of the album. Right, that makes sense. So it's like, why would you put like a cr- a crappy song? Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be your single, but you have to give. You have to. Sorry, you have to put something with like a lot of energy, and doesn't suck. Or something that resembles what the album's gonna be a little bit. Yeah, like, I think there's a lot of groups that they just put like a. It's not. I, almost like a throwaway song is like the intro or whatever it's like what are you doing like this is people are going to listen to this and then decide do i want to listen to the next first impressions matter first impressions matter that's that's all i got for that but yeah so lincoln park in these first two albums again like even though the the, there's an intro on this one like yeah don't stay back-to-back classics man yeah i i love this album so much same this was uh i believe this was the first like physical cd that i had from lincoln park yeah, I never really got into CDs. My dad, <laughs> my dad, like he had some older CDs, um, but a lot of that stuff he just like burned right to iTunes back in the day when you could do that. I, I, well, you probably still can, but who does? Um, and actually, uh, funny enough, I remember when iTunes went from more of like a like a song by song, like purchasing songs individually to the the streaming service. My dad had a bunch of this stuff that was downloaded already, and. When he switched phones, all the all the stuff he had downloaded didn't transfer because obviously it was just download. He had to re-download it again to his phone, um, and he was like, "I don't know." He, he just got into his old man takes about streaming. Man, <laughs> he got all riled up, and I'm like, "Dad, you gotta like re-download it again. It's not part of the iTunes like catalog." It's just pain in the ass. I love it. Um, so from there, you want to get into yeah, yeah, collisions course. Yep. Uh, let me pull it up here. Let me give it a second. Oh, it's weird. It's not. I've it's part of the EPs, I think. Singles and EPs, at least on. Oh, Apple. okay. I was gonna say it's uh, not coming up here for yeah, me on Spotify. Pull it up go here. to one of the songs and then. All right. So, so Collision Course came out in two thousand four. So the way that this uh, EP came to be was MTV actually went to Jay-Z and they said, hey, we want to do a mashup of your music and then, you know, whatever, like, kind of sound you want to do a mashup of. Okay. You can choose anyone you want. <laughs> and we'll do our best to get them. He chose Linkin Park. Holy shit. And from there, they initially, so, of course, so from there, they approached Linkin Park and they're like, hey, like, uh, you know, you guys are already good at, like, mixing stuff. Do you want to mix up, like, a, a song and then see we'll send it, it back to Jay and see what he says? Yeah, yeah. So Shinoda mixes up a s- uh he doesn't just mix up one he makes like several yeah. you know mashups of, yeah, yeah. of their stuff sends it back to Jay-Z and he's like oh yeah like let's go let's go like this is going to be <laughs> sweet So they were it was supposed to be one song and they ended up doing the EP six. which is 6 and uh yeah so wh- wh- how would you masterpiece another masterpiece it's <laughs> it's so this is what I was talking about with high caliber like features but this isn't even a feature this is a this is a joint album. It's a collaboration, yeah. Um, yeah, Jay Z's done this a couple times. He did that joint album with Kanye a little while back. I forget the name of it, but Watch the Throne. Yeah, Watch the Throne. Um, but this is weird as fuck, especially coming from like a Jay Z's so entrenched in hip hop that you would never expect him to be like, yeah, I think I'll go with a heavy metal Lincoln Park as my mix up here. Um, right, and for Jay Z, like Jay Z is. And at this time, he's still, like, he's at the top of, like, the rap game. At it's his prime, yeah. Yeah. This is post-Black Album. Right. Um, Yeah, I, 
it's a wild choice to to choose, but again, it, it kind of makes sense because they they defy that the 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 stereotype of we're a rock band, we're sticking with rock, this is what we do, and they they mix it up, they're changing their sound constantly, and it it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Like, yeah, I I could see Jay Z going with this. If if you had never heard any of these songs, but you had heard Meteora and Hybrid Theory, you could be like, oh. I mean, weird, but okay. I see it. Um, masterclass. They they do a great job here. So every song is it, it's a cl- it's a combination of a Jay Z song and a Lincoln Park song. It's not just like one or the other where they like Shinoda might jump in on Jay Z lyric. It's both, um, and it's normally played to the track of one or the other. So like dirt off your shoulder, lying, dirt off. Well, hold on a second. I can't see the whole name of the song. It's Dirt Off Your Shoulder Lying From You. Yes, Dirt Off Your Shoulder Lying From You. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's played to the track of Lying From You <laughs> and Jay-Z going Dirt Off Your Shoulder, and I think they mix a little bit of Lying, lying From You at the end. Weird mix. Awesome. Jay-Z, mi- Jay-Z jumps on the track perfectly. Right. It In the whole EP, it's just it's it works so well. Like Even the next track, Big Pimpin' and Paper Cut, like hearing him rap Big Pimpin' over Papercut, you're, like you you would never guess in a million years like that would be a a mashup that you needed to hear. <laughs> it's it, it's such a weird combo, but I love it. I God, I love everything here. Uh, Jigawatt Faint. Am I gonna get canceled for saying that? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, again, this is played to the track of Faint, um, right? Jigawatt Faint is played to, like, a, it's actually not even, like, the real, like, one or the other. This is, again, a mix where they, they mix the sound of Jigawatt and Faint, like, back and forth, kind of, and then they, they get on it. And Jay-Z just jumps right in and embraces Faint to, the, like, the highest extent. Yeah, you know why I think this works so well, too, is with Linkin Park, like, when you hit the chorus of a Linkin Park song, and it's, like, a, it's a, it's like a fast-paced mix... And then you have Jay Z rapping over it, where it's it's faster and like Jay Z is obviously a much better like rapper yeah. than like Mike Shinoda. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. It's just it's a natural fit. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. It does. It just feels organic. Like it makes a lot of like if Jay Z was in Lincoln Park, it would make <laughs> a ton of sense. And he, perfect examples here. Numb Encore, obviously fantastic. Um, no doubt there. That's the that's a that's a classic. I don't know if it's a single necessarily, but that's the hit off this. Yeah, it's got over eight hundred million streams. Um, wow. Yeah, another great mix. Izzo and in the end, it's a little bit more poppy, kind of upbeat. But the the track opens with Jay Z just kind of like talking to one of the producers or the engineers or something, and then they get into it and just mix it up back and forth again. It's fun. This is this is the fun song on this album. Oh, for sure. Um, and then Points of Authority, 99 Problems. If if you were looking for something a little bit heavier and you want Jay-Z to, to, to really wrap up Linkin Park and just dive on in there, you got Shinoda on the first verse of 99 Problems, which is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, but it's to the backtrack of Points of Authority. And One Step Closer. And One Step Closer later on in the, in the song. Yeah. Um, Shinoda kills it in the first verse, which is, again, weird, but he kills it. Jay-Z gets on during Points of Authority. It does the second and third verse, kills it. They close the song out with Chester doing one step closer. <laughs> Wild combo. <laughs> this is this is mashed potatoes and ketchup. <laughs> um, but wow, man. God, I love that. That's, that's my second favorite song in this album. 
or EP, whatever. Oh, I think my my favorite is Numb Encore, and then my second favorite is Dirt Off Your Shoulder, Lion from You. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I I I think I I mentioned to this this to you on I don't know if it was Saturday or, or earlier a different time, but I think in terms of remixing albums, like, who, tell me who stands to compete with Linkin Park in remixing their music. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> The the first names that come to mind are all like EDM artists. That's kind of their their right, game. Right, but that's their sh- that's their whole th- like yeah, that's, that's the whole stick. thing. Yeah. That's how they make their money. Like Lincoln Park, at, I think why they're like the at the top of the mountain for me is like they didn't have to do any of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They do it like because it's it sounds good and it's do. and it's fun yeah. and they want to do it. That's wild. MTV just put in 2004. I feel like ah man, let's see. I was six years I was six years old, so I probably wasn't watching a ton of MTV, but. The fact that at in 2004 they still had that kind of pull to be like, yeah, you know what? We'll get Jay-Z. You go you go find somebody. Yeah, Jay-Z, pick whoever you want to work with. That's crazy. And we'll just do it. Like MTV back in the 90s did these like unplugged shows where they'd get like bands to do this. they got Pearl Jam. Nirvana famously did this. Uh, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, a bunch of other bands did like unplugged shows on MTV. But back in the 90s, I feel like MTV still had that kind of like cachet. By the time the 2000s come around, I I don't know if they do. Maybe they did. I they did uh up until I think like the back half of like the early 2000s. So like I think they kind of had it through like the 20 when the 2010s started then they really started to decline. Right. And they were always also known for the the reality TV stuff which kind of popped off of what 2007, 2008 with Jersey Shore. Like Yeah, for sure. But that's when it really changes. So you get Jersey Shore, and then a little while after that, you got Ridiculousness, which is basically like MTV should just change to the Ridiculousness channel, <laughs> the Rob Dyrdek channel, <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Factory, all that. Yeah, yeah right, right. Um, but the fact that they were able to put that together, it was such two high-profile artists from completely different walks, just a masterpiece. That's yeah, all I got. and it's crazy that that's what MTV started with. It's like, all right. <laughs> The bar is here. Like, where yeah. can we go from here? It, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think MTV had any other mashups where they were like, all right, Stone Temple Pilots, let's <laughs> see you get together with uh, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, yeah, so wild, wild choice, but so cool. Um, yeah. I think that's all I got on that. Uh, yeah, me too. So with that, let's uh, go over to Minutes to Midnight. So 2007, I personally, I, I love this album. I actually got it. The day it came out, I had my dad like take me to Target or whatever because I was in fifth grade. So I got it, listened to it, and then I gave it to my teacher the next day to burn it, like for iTunes yeah, or whatever, because yeah. he was a Linkin Park fan. Um, but yeah, I I love this album. You know what? You know what I found interesting about this one is it opens with Wake, which is just an instrumental intro, yeah, and then it goes again. into Given Up, which is by far it's like the heaviest song on the album, and the rest of the album is kind of like a peg lower. So it's kind of funny that. It's weird that they chose "Given Up" for this this album because I think a lot of the songs are softer yeah. compared to their previous. I two mean, al- aside from uh, "Bleed It Out," it's pretty fucking strong too. But for sure, they they, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better like word, they kind of blow their load at the top. Um, I even like "Leave Out All the Rest." I think it's a good song, but going "Given Up," "Leave Out All the Rest," and "Bleed It Out" for your first three real tracks, where you know "Leave Out Wake," wow. Again, another one where it, it gets you in and it doesn't fucking miss off the top. Yeah, leave out all the rest is a uh, it's 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 a you know I guess it's more of a sad song. Yeah, but it it's it's crazy. Th- this album to me is where Linkin Park really starts with their sad songs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
or I guess some of the lyrics in the other albums could be construed as sad, but this is where it's to softer music. Yeah. So like, leave out all the rest, amazing song, and then after, so it's given up, leave out all the rest, bleed it out, and then it goes back to back, shadow of the day into what I've done. And if you listen to the song, at the end of the shadow of the day, it intros into what I've done, like the last like ten seconds or they so. They do that a lot. I love when artists do that. Oh, dude, when I listen to that, it gives me chills. So what gives me chills here? Have you you've seen the original Transformers, or maybe not the original, but like two thousand, <laughs> whenever this came out? Yes. So. What I've done is the single off this album. What I've done also becomes the the music for the commercial for the Transformers movie. Then they take the commercial. Well, uh, I don't want to put it that way. They go from it being the commercial song to at the end they've they've defeated the step the Decepticons, <laughs> and Optimus Prime is standing out in the field in the middle of nowhere. It's almost like God preaching to preaching down to his subjects. And Optimus Prime, just in this low voice, is just talking, riling the troops up, getting ready <laughs> for another day at battle. And you hear what I've done coming in in the back. It's bone chilling. One of <laughs> one of my favorite musical moments in any movie I've ever seen. Dude, it's a masterpiece. It, uh, like, uh, in terms of having, like, a song in, in a movie or whatever, that's, like, as good as it gets. As far, like... Anybody who hasn't seen this, just go go check out Optimus Prime, uh, what I've done on YouTube from the first Transformers. You don't have to be a science fiction fan. You don't have to be any kind of like Transformers fan or nothing. That shit gets you ready to run through a brick wall every time you watch it. I'm so glad you brought this up because it's funny. This It actually resurfaced as a meme within the last year yeah. where it was like this movie, but in 2007, and it would be like a movie that wasn't from 2007 and it would just be like the ending of the movie and it would have what I've done playing <laughs> in the background. <laughs> oh man. Every time I saw one of those memes I was just cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> what a callback. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so Shadow of the Day and What I've Done, both all-time songs. Uh Hands Held High, probably the worst song on the album. Yeah, agreed. And still it's all right, but I I don't know. This is where the album kind of starts to tune down for me a little bit yeah so and then it goes into no no more Sor- sorrow which is one of the heavier songs on the album yeah no actually i actually like it and then uh valentine's day in between in pieces and the little things give you away all softer songs i really like in between and and in pieces yeah i i listened to the the back half of this album once it's i've said this before to you but I'm a big proponent of you go to the burger shop, you get the burger. Um, obviously, this is, so this is their third like original album. Um, they're they're trying different stuff, which great. I I don't want a band to play the same song for thirteen tracks most of the time. I don't want a band to play the same song for thirteen tracks for seven albums at a time. Um, so, in one hand, I'm I'm happy to see Lincoln Park exploring something else here. Um, is it something I'd ever go back to and really, like, I, I don't even think I would put most of this on a playlist. The back half, anyways. Um, but I do appreciate them, like, trying different stuff. It's just not for me. I go for the burger. For sure. And this is where you and I differ because I, I still love all these songs when they come out on Shuffle. They might not be, like, my go-tos, but I still I still enjoy them. Yeah. But, again, Lincoln Park my favorite band of all time. Right, so right, it's yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah, it's kind of what I said to you about Shinedown and Amarillo. It's, it's the same kind of thing. I yeah. 
you know, they're 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 serving pork tenderloins when I'm I'm there for steak dinner. So right. So before we get into a thousand sons, uh, quick interlude here. In I think it was 2008, the next Transformers movie came out, and they released New Divide. So, do you want to guess who they worked with to make this song? It wasn't Rick Rubin, was it? No. Oh, thank God. Um, no, I, I have no clue. It was legendary composer Hans Zimmer. Is that the guy who did the 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 Whopper Whopper? No, 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 no. That was a joke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Uh. No, Hans Zimmer, he did, like, the, the score for, like, some of the most classic oh, movies. Oh, like, like Star Wars and shit? Yes. Ah, okay, okay. So, again, they're making another Transformers. They get arguably the best composer of all time for, like, you know, movie scores to work with Linkin Park in uh, New Divide is, again, it's it's a great song, in my opinion. New Divide, is that is that not on? It's... Yeah, no, I know oh, the okay. song. Is it not on any of these albums, though? No, it was released for the movie. Oh, so it was just a single. Yes. Yeah, another classic Transformers song. Not doesn't hit as hard as the first one, but man, great great intro for that. Yeah, when you hear the when like I I just did it, but when you hear the intro you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. let's go." Yeah, shit gets the people going. Absolutely. So now we're at 2010 here, A Thousand Suns. So this is when Linkin Park started working with R- Rick Rubin. He produced this album as well as um Oh, actually, I'm he sorry. Did. Rick Rubin produced Minutes Midnight too. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh. Well, I missed that, but I know he also produced Recharged, which is the remix album for Living Things. Yes. Um. So yeah, but let's so let's get into. Uh, hang on a second. I got I got I got a bone to pick here. Um. <laughs> so uh, again, with the double-edged sword, Mike Shinoda. He does great things by bringing different sounds to this band. For I guess for Minutes to Midnight, he goes and gets Rick Rubin and says, "Hey, listen, we're trying to change things up a little. We'd love your input." Rick Rubin's whole bit, he doesn't play instruments. He doesn't get on the mixer. Rick Rubin sits in a studio and listens to your music and gives you, like, vibes. Uh, now, obviously, that's worked out well for him. He, he's been yeah. with countless of, of high-performing artists. He's been doing this forever. Um, Johnny Cash. Yeah, I mean, pick your favorite band. He's probably worked with Kid them. Rock, I think. He, he's worked with a million great artists in, in yeah. all sorts of different um, – jay-z yeah he's worked with the best um so i I can't say rick rubin as a whole is a jackass (laughs) what i don't love is taking away the meat and potatoes of lincoln park and doing what we're going to see for the next few albums yeah so i don't know it's for me it's one of those like hindsight's 2020 because if lincoln park made like seven or eight albums that all sounded like hybrid theory the other the subsequent albums might not be as memorable Yes, when we get to living things, I'll I'll further explain this take because I think that's yeah. that's a great rework of what they're doing. Yeah, but with with the uh, with the caveat of yeah, some of the stuff they tried didn't necessarily work. But so, uh, what what were your thoughts on a thousand suns? And I'll give you mine after. A thousand suns is very interesting. So this is not your mom and dad's Lincoln Park. This is a slow, methodical, experimental look into like how violence and war affects the world, which is a strange pl- like stand for Linkin Park to take considering their I, – I would say Hybrid Theory was kind of just a mashup, not a great story by any means. Meteora is a story about dealing with like uh, tough relationships, how to deal with grief and anguish, um, and then eventually like coming to the other side of that. Um, minutes, min- minutes to Midnight really explores like – 
more like relationship based and even like su- like you can tell like Shadow of the Days of about suicide. Yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of exploring some of those inner demons yeah, in a different light. And I feel like those are those are common themes of, of rock music. Sure. Um, so that's not really all that interest. Uh, not not interesting, strong word, but not all that like shocking. That makes sense. This is like a again, it's a weird like not weird. It's a, an exploration of violence and war in the world, in the country, um, uh, whether it's terrorism or wars. It's it's an odd choice. But with Rick Rubin on, on the handle with Mike – so Rick Rubin and, and Mike Shinoda co-produced this album. Um, I would imagine he encouraged them to explore a different side of things. Um, and so they, so they get into it. Um, but the first little bit – the first the f- first two tracks on this album – set a great tone for the album. The Requiem is the first track and that's a it's kind of like this musical like ex- exploration, not exploration. Musical ac- musical um I don't know how to explain it. They they do a lot of like echoing what's going to come in the Catalyst. So Right, some foreshadowing. Yeah, they do a little foreshadowing to the Catalyst. The Catalyst is basically just a song that repeats like two verses. Um and so one of the verses just gets sung by these like women basically yeah god uh, save us yeah. everyone yeah yeah can't so they go through that that's like a 30 second that. track the second track is a spoken word track it's robert oppenheimer talking about the detonation of the nuclear bomb the he he's famous for saying uh i am death whatever whatever but they do this whole like 40 second spoken word of oppenheimer talking about the dropping of the bomb like some people were scared some people were screaming but most people were silent. Da 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 da. I am Vishnu. I am death. Da 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 da. Holy shit! And it's it's weird that they're like I, I guess when you think of Linkin Park, you don't think of them sampling like Oppenheimer, and I think they sampled MLK later in this album too. Yeah, there there's a cool few there's a few cool samples on this album. You'll see as we go through here the there's a lot there's probably four or five like spoken word tracks on this album. Yeah, so I, I made a note of that actually. It was uh. So of the 15 songs on the album, six are samples or instrumentals. Yeah. So here it is. Here's here's Oppenheimer. We knew the world would not be the same. A few people laughed. A few people cried. Most people were silent. I remember the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita. Vishnu is trying to persuade the prince, the prince that he should not do. Er, Vishnu is trying to persuade the prince that he should do his duty and to impress him. Takes on a multi-armed form and says, "Now I'm uh, now I am become death." The destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that one way or another. And then it just goes into the music. Chills. It, it, it's the perfect opening track to fit the, the theme of this album. Um, and then they get right into the music. So the next song is Burning in the Skies. All the music on this album is a little bit slower. Uh, I would say... Oh, except for one oh. track that I hate. Well, I would say Blackout and the Catalyst are have more of a f- faster pace. Yeah, the Catalyst is is pretty good pace. That's where. Yeah. 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 Um, but I don't want to skip ahead too much. Burning, right, right, burning right. in the skies, empty spaces. When they come for me, Robot Boy. I'm pretty sh- is when they come for me. Is that a spoken word track? I know Jornada del no. Mundo. Um. So yeah. So they got uh, four songs here: Burning in the Skies, Empty Spaces, When They Come for Me, Robot Boy, all musical tracks. A little bit slower. Uh explorations into the effects of war on society give or take i don't know it's not my it's not for me yeah I, same here um 
and before we continue on here, I, I had a couple, I had a fun fact that, that I wanted to, to share. Just I've got notes in two different places. That's why I yeah, yeah, take go for forever it. Go back yeah, take your time. Here, but so when Linkin Park was going to release this album, the label actually asked them to break it up into multiple, like, three or four song EPs because that, so it's going back to 2010. This is when it was, uh, you know, the like, the iPod was getting big. Um well, the iPod must have already been big. This is probably like iPhone early introduction. Well, right, but but still, like pe- the way people were consuming music was starting to change. Okay. So the the label asked them to break it up into like three or four different songs into like different EPs so that they could release something like every three or four months. Yeah, that sounds like a money grab. Yeah, and Lincoln Park was like, "No, like fuck you. That's <laughs> a, that's a dumb that's a dumb idea. We're not going to do that." <laughs> Thanks for your input. We'll not consider it. And uh, going back to what you said about this album just being having a different sound and, and kind of being almost almost uh messier or like free-flowing free-flowing is a great word for it i would also say experimental so lincoln park wrote this album using a style called automatic writing which essentially just means you go into the you you just you 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 go go into into it and kind of go off the cuff as opposed to sitting down and writing out what you want to say word for word editing whatnot so i think um once you know that like it makes more sense like why this album sounds so i guess i don't know if chaotic's the right word or just like like i said it's just it's, it's just different yeah it doesn't really have like a, a consistent sound um it, yeah that that's that's a good way of putting it but the theme throughout is is pretty pretty stead on it doesn't really change theme they, obviously they had a they had a point to make here and they made the point throughout the the album and i think there's a couple songs that still stand out as like huh but for the most part they stick to the to the guns certainly um <laughs> yeah go ahead yeah I, I, again this i'm with you where this this is not my favorite album i i think once you get to like waiting for the end that to me that waiting for the end sounds like more traditional lincoln park yeah it's better it has like a more minutes to midnight kind of sound then they follow it up with the what i think is their worst song in their entire catalog <laughs> <laughs> that's what i had le- that's the one i noted too i i said this to you the other day and you were like no i like blackout no, oh no! I thought you were talking about. Uh, I think it was Wretches and King. Oh yeah, not a not another good one. But no, Blackout. Okay, so th- again, back to Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin is also famous for working with. Uh, originally, he had kind of started out with pop and hip hop, and then he he dives into Nine Inch Nails. Yes. For whatever reason, he becomes infatuated with Nine Inch Nails and starts working with them. This feels like half of a Nine Inch Nails song. Mixed up, the second half of the song is, uh, it's just an explosion of sounds. I, I don't know how else to put it. It's a weird fuck. it's like a four and a half minute song that doesn't really like convey anything. And maybe that's, maybe this is why, but I love that song on my workout playlist. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But still, like the first two minutes are like, I don't want to say slow, but like there's no like rhythm to it. Uh yeah, I don't know. I, I, I this is one of my favorite songs off the oh album. Oh man, this is tough. I don't. I'm not a big fan of. Um, I don't know. I think the the earlier songs are just all right. I like waiting for the end a lot. I l- the catalyst is my favorite song off this album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the hit. And um, I think Wretches and Kings is my least favorite. Yeah, it's a terrible song. I think Wisdom, Justice, and Love is a spoken word. Iridescent. Iridescent is a really nice ballad. I, <laughs> I was listening to this driving around. Iridescent sounds like a song you might dance, like slow dance with a girl at your high school, like homecoming. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it's got this weird, like, poppy, slow beat. And, like, 
Chester like sweetly singing into the mic. <laughs> it's an odd sound for Lincoln Park, but I as as far as ballads go, I like it. Yeah, no, I, I like Iridescent too. Um, this is the one I texted you about to close. It. Well, did you want to say anything else about? No, the I got nothing else. But the Messenger is cool. Yeah, so the Messenger. This is one of those ones where I hadn't listened to this album in so long, except for like the three or four songs that I'd saved. And I heard the Messenger. And I was like, "What the hell? Like, this is an uh, amazing song. I can't believe I haven't been listening to this." Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. It's it's missed out probably because the album wasn't all that awesome in terms of like front to back, but. And if you're going to pick a few songs off this album, that's a definitely in the top three, four. Yeah. So uh, The other two random notes I had from this album were, was one, this album as a whole feels like Linkin Park did some kind of like psychedelics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is a big LSD album. And then the second one was, uh, When They Come For Me seems like it should be in a crappy Fast and Furious movie or Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it like that, but <laughs> I, I mean, I could see it. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't got a whole lot about this. Not my favorite stuff here. Yeah, well, let's let's jump to next up. We have Living Things from 2012. I really, really like this sound of Linkin Park. It's it's almost uh, it's like a it's like EDM light almost. Yeah. So this gets back to like Linkin Park's sound with Shinoda twisting it again. This yes. is Shinoda back to his his on his bullshit. In the in the best way. In the best way. Lost in the Echo is a Linkin Park song with an EDM track to it. I love Lost in the Echo. It's it, God, it's one of my favorite songs from Lincoln Park, which is weird because, you know, after A Thousand Suns, I was kind of like, nah, I don't know. This gets right back into it. Lost in the Echo, In in My Remains, Burn It Down, three awesome, awesome tracks all to, like, EDM sound. And Burn It Down is the traditional. You have Shinoda and Chester, and they're, it's – but instead of it being, like, more, like – rock rap like heavy or whatever it's more edm and, yeah. it, and it works it works totally um if, Li- you're, if you're a lincoln park fan you'll like you'll love this album yeah lies green misery is, is all right you don't like that song but that fits my mold that fits right in with i want i want chester screaming into the mic occasionally <laughs> um and they're just tearing it up uh, i mean it's not an awesome song but it's a pretty good song um yeah i'll be gone is one of my favorites castle of glass is a weird uh ballad I like it though. It's weird. It's that's where like I don't even know if this is a usual Lincoln Park song, but it fits. It's it, Chester doing his best on the mic again. It's yeah. it's not him screaming into the mic. It's not hard and heavy. But Chester again, he has such an amazing like uh, I don't want to call it. Well, it probably is range. Like I was going to say range, yeah. Yeah, like he he can just he can do a lot of different things on the mic and it's displayed so well here uh with this kind of like sing-songy Castle of Glass, like absolutely, I love it. And I think the the first half of this album is I really enjoy. The back half is yeah, it kind of drops off. I could s- see where Victimized takes you in a different direction. Yeah, that one I'm not a fan of. I really like Roads and Travel too. Yeah, again, it's it's softer. Yep, but it it's just it's different in a, in a good way. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, I'm I like Victimized and I like Skin to Bone. Um. Now, Skin to Bone, they so they do a remix album of this one as well, um, all EDM remixes, with another high-caliber feature at the top of the album, Wild. Um, but they do, a, they do a Skin to Bones remix on there, and it's pretty good there, too. Is that the one with Pusha T? Or? Uh, it might be, yeah. yeah that sounds okay. right. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, closing out the album, uh, Tim Foyle, eh. Uh, Tim pow- Foyle. I like Powerless, too. I like too. Powerless. It's just yeah. the, 
the second half of this album was a bit underwhelming. It doesn't totally just doesn't hit. Uh, I don't know really how else to say it. And then you get left with powerless, and you're like, I mean, okay, cool, but meh. Yeah, um, I, I again, I think the f- the first half of this album, like if I, I really really enjoy it, like the replay value is there. It, I love those songs, and the back half again, it just meh. Eh, take it or leave it. Yeah, absolutely. But all in all, a, a good album here. Yeah. They, they do have enough songs here for me to be like, I, I don't like everything, but the first six, seven songs, and then a couple others sprinkled in, I'll take this every day. Yeah, you know what my miscellaneous note on this one was? Is this, they should have swapped the order, or, like, when I listened to their sound, I, I thought they should have swapped this with the release of, like, A Thousand Suns. Like, they should have went from Minutes to Midnight into this, and then experimented with, like, A Thousand Suns, but... Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, because Minutes to Midnight leaves you with a, a meh taste in your mouth and then a thousand well, sun- <laughs> yeah and then a thousand suns man it, it just if you're looking for like classic Lincoln park a thousand suns leaves you with nothing yeah for sure um but this is this is a great comebacker great comebacker they lead you like i said the first three four five tracks they lead you in and hit you hard per usual hybrid theory meteora it gets right out and gets going Absolutely. And uh, that brings us into Recharge. So this is the third remix album. Uh, this came out in 2013. I So for some of the songs that I wasn't as big of a fan of Absolutely. on Living Things, yep. I like the version on Recharge more yep. than on Living Things. Yep, 100%. They, the first track is not on Living Things. Right, this was a Steve Aoki one. Steve Aoki comes into the booth to mix it up with Linkin Park. <laughs> a Light That Never Comes. Amazing song. Yeah, Chester's awesome on this song. Steve Aoki's awesome on this song. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. This is just, this is like. Even Shinoda's awesome on this song. Yeah, yeah, they do a great, th- it, it, it is more ingrained in the EDM, even than some of the stuff on Living Things. Although I don't, know, I don't even know if you could really say that, but they mix it up so well. Another, like, odd couple that works out perfectly absolutely like, like if they did a whole album with steve aoki it'd probably be good oh my god again that's not a guy you would ever like consider to mix up with a, a hard rock heavy metal band but wow he 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 gets it he doesn't fuck around he stays in this is this is my big problem with shinoda is sometimes he experiments a little too much and, s- and swerves out of his lane a little bit he's hitting cars and the, and the medians <laughs> steve aoki gets right in he gets i i understand what you guys are doing and i'll i'll keep you right there and just uh, just boost it a little bit yeah, you know what's funny about Living Things in this album? This is the point, and it's funny when bands do this, when all the songs, they put the titles in all caps. Yeah, I never really understand why they do that, but... Because it's like, it's like, hey, this is a different sound, and especially with, with uh, Recharge, 100% should be all caps. This album belongs on your workout playlist. Absolutely. Um, like the other two remakes, well... I would say more like reanimation. Uh, Collision Course, you take every song, you love it. it. It's a masterpiece. Reanimation, there's some good stuff, there's some bad stuff. This is another one where there's a lot of good stuff and a couple things you probably won't like. Yeah, I, I love the I'll Be Gone remix. I love Lost in the Echo. Yep, the Burn It Down ones. Skin to Bones. I, I like the Castle of Glass. It's like a six-minute Mike yes, Shinoda remix. Yes, but that's it a good w- one. <laughs> it's, it's actually really good. Yep, agreed. Victimize. I actually like the Victimize remix. Shinoda gets on the remix there. I like that one too. Um, they do another Light That Never Comes remix at the end. Oh, I don't. I'd have to listen to that one to 
yeah. we call it. I can't see who the Rick Rubin. Rick. Oh, that's a Rick Rubin remix. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't even remember listening to that. But Wild, they put a remix of the song on the remix <laughs> album. Uh, okay. Especially when the first song, "A Light That Never Comes Again," was another radio single. So right. I don't. I don't under completely understand that. But anyways. But yeah, going back to like just the 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 chorus of of the group like hearing this remix this album you're like oh yeah like they're back they're fucking back baby until, until they're, they're not, not. <laughs> until they're fucking not until a year later when they released the hunting party <laughs> in 2014 fucking idiots man this this album easily the worst in their catalog yeah i i've been debating this in my head because what i do like about this album is a return to basics um there's not so much edm stuff this is this sounds a lot like, like if this was their third album, I would understand. Mm. If this came after Meteora, it would make sense. Now I'm not saying by any means that it's good, but at least it's in the same, uh, it's in the same vein as Hybrid Theory and Meteora. That being said, I d- I don't know how much else I can say good about this album. It is a weird transition going from a thousand suns to Living Things, and then to this, and then back. One more light is like their f- the softest album. It's it's just a weird transition. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not great continuity between albums from I would say minutes to midnight forward. I I, th- I think this is a very forgettable album. That being said, I okay. I'll say another nice thing. Guilty All the Same is a good song. Yeah, uh, I I like I like Guilty All the Same. I like Final Masquerade. Um, I like uh, what else do I like on here? Until it's gone is all right. Oh, actually, I do have good news for you too. Here, there is a song with a, a prominent guitarist that everybody's definitely heard of that should be fucking awesome. Tom Morello comes into a feature on this album <laughs> and plays a two and a half minute instrumental piano song. Yeah, it's so offensive that they would <laughs> go get Tom Morello for that song. Like Tom Morello, so Tom Morello, guitarist for Rage Against the Machine, guitarist for. Uh, He's done a bunch of stuff. He's featured on a bunch of other uh, musicians' stuff. I would put him up there in my top ten favorite guitarists of all time. To then agree with Linkin Park to come in on Draw Bar and play a piano song where he's playing guitar, but there's no spoken word. There, the 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 main sound of the song is the piano in the background, or I guess in the foreground, and to just have Morello kind of slowly picking away in the back. Fuck you for that what that's an absolute that's that's like a that's clickbait that's clickbait (laughs) i i can't believe they did that yeah man this album was not good fuck this album not much else to say let's uh move on to one more light yeah we can do one more light oh hunting party got a remix album but the first was so bad i didn't listen to the remixes oh i don't even count this as a remix because it was acapellas and instrumentals yeah fuck all that anyways yeah. right, we're on. not even counting that we're, no, we're not even going to count this in the ranking oh i mean we, well, we, we could we could just put it at the bottom yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah, fine yeah, all right. yeah yeah so one more light comes out in 2017 and this is like i said it's the softest album in yeah the, in their catalog. yeah you would you would think that after a thousand suns they couldn't get any more cushy but here we are yeah, but strangely, I actually I like a lot of the songs on this album. So, back to buy the burger or get the burger. This is like if you go to the burger shop and you say, "Do you have any tofu in the back?" Or n- no, sorry, that's not even right because a burger place might have a tofu burger. This is like going to the burger place and asking for sushi. 
It's a pop album. No, it's not pop. It's not. I I wouldn't call it pop. There's a couple. All right. There, there's a couple songs that have like poppy vibes. Like I guess like you could say like Battle Symphony or Heavy. Heavy is absolutely a pop song. I but I like it. I, I think I'm it works. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I didn't come here for Kiara. Or Kiara. Yeah, I I don't know. I think for me this album like when you listen like the lyrically this album like you can tell it's so introspective and it's it's like you can almost sense like the i don't know the pain or like where chester's at in his own life yeah so they took three albums to make this record um and you abs that's uh, one nice thing i will say about this is you do get a, a very vulnerable open chester here um, yeah shinoda does a good job on the mix if you like it um i'm really not going to knock that but this is again lincoln park changing their sound to try something new um yeah it's it's so don't get me wrong it's it's not as good as you know their first couple albums but there are a couple songs like that i that i enjoy yeah i like battle symphony yeah i like heavy i like uh talking to myself invisible um one more light i love that dude when you when you hear the lyrics to that song it's i don't know it it gives me chills every time absolutely um not something I would ever listen to again, but it, it, I I can't take away from the emer- the emotional like hard hitting of this of this album, and especially when you when you put that in conjunction with with Chester's death like six months later or something. Yeah, in June of that year. It's it's really like holy shit, what was going on? Yeah. Uh, well, obviously something, right? Again, three years between albums, and then you give this, and then six months later he's dead, and they're surely on tour already. Yeah, so there was an interview with him from within six to twelve months of when he committed suicide, and like he was telling the guy interviewing him, which some schmuck from radio or whatever, he's like, "Yeah, like when I'm not like on tour or like doing, you know, being a dad or whatever, like when it's just me, he's like in my head, like he's like I'm fighting demons every day, like it's it's not a good place to be in," and like he said that, and then like the the schmuck that was interviewing him just like laughed, he's like, "Huh, yeah, man, that's that stinks." It's like, dude, it's it. It really makes you realize, like, where people viewed, like, mental health kind of, you know, five to ten years ago. Well, I, I think that's part of it, but I think there's also a, a a prevailing theme throughout the music industry, and I'll say it's especially prevalent, I- in my experience at least, it's especially prevalent in rockers and rappers, where they go on these crazy wild tours, drinking, drugs, party all the time, concerts all the time, and there's no... There's no time or or effort to to take care of yourself in the meantime. Um, you know, people people idolize these these artists for for living that lifestyle when it proves to be detrimental time and again to their to their livelihood. Um, and so so when you you do get radio jockey jackass saying, "Oh yeah yeah, drugs are bad." <laughs> Uh, and Chester is is pouring his heart out like, dude, I I'm trying to be a better person. I have kids, um, and just being so callous about it, it's it's something that people who work in the music industry really need to to take a hard look at and do better for these guys and girls, because um, time and again you see these people killing themselves, and it's it's it, it ruined a lot of good bands. Yeah, it's one of those things too when you hear certain lyrics and it's like. 
there's there's some lyrics you just can't write if you're not in that headspace. Like you have to be in a dark, dark spot to go there. Yeah, like, absolutely. Every time I hear from One More Light, the reminders pull the floor from your feet in the kitchen. One more chair than you need. Like every time I hear that, it's like, oh, yeah, yep. And so so Chester, Chester's gone six months later. Um, it's sad, uh, but this again. I'll get back on my Mike Shinoda double-edged sword here. Obviously, the, the band is, is putting out thoughts and prayers. They're all beat up. It's tough. Tough times, right? Well, 2018, Mike Shinoda's putting out his, his solo stuff. Um, and his solo stuff is, is fully wrapped in EDM. Um, I don't... This is, this is a purely musical take. I'm going to put aside the, the Chester stuff for a second. But we talk about them changing their so- sound again and again and again. And I really, really think that it's driven by Shinoda's want to, to experiment, to try new things. Sure. And when when that came out a year later or whatever it was, I was like, you motherfucker. You were the one who's been toying with this the whole time. <laughs> uh, and, again, he, he's there for their best. He, he does such great work going back and forth with Chester throughout. Yeah, it wouldn't be Linkin Park without him. And then he, he brings in Rick Rubin to do experimental bullshit. Um, some of which worked, some of which didn't, and you end up with a, a couple albums that, frankly, can be taken or left. Um, and, and then he, and then he just he leans away from Lincoln Park. He's not even in the rock space anymore, and does a few albums of EDM. And I just yeah, but he he always ra- rap was always a passion of his, and when he released uh, Fort Minor before he did like the self titled stuff, that Fort Minor album came out in two thousand five. Okay, yeah, so 2005. Um, there's a couple really good, like, obviously, Remember the Name. Yeah, classic. classic. Where'd You Go is really good, too. Yep, yep. So, I don't know. I, Mike Shinoda's solo stuff, I, I could take it or leave it, uh, minus, like, there's, I don't know, I probably have, like, four or five songs saved that are decent, but. Yeah, that one Fort Minor album's nice. They, he put out a single in, like, 2015 or 16 that was kind of good. Yeah, I will also say. I don't know if you got a chance to check out Grey Days, but that was no. Chester's band before Linkin Park. Yeah, so what was that sound? Talk to me about that. Uh, it, it's it's different from Linkin Park, but it's in some ways, but it's similar. Like, there's a lot of um, they have two albums that they've released in the last I don't know couple of years or whatever, but it was recorded back before Linkin Park, so like the oh late nineties. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. And there's a couple songs where, like. First of all, Chester's the only one doing the vocals. Yeah. There's a couple songs where you get Chester going, like, showing his range and, and doing – you can kind of feel, like, the Linkin Park sound in, in a little – a couple of the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a couple that are really good. Um, it's definitely, in, like, introspective. Okay. Lyrically, it's kind of like Linkin Park's first couple albums. Okay, so not super, like – not super complicated, just – Right out there in the open, or yeah, that? yeah, okay. and yeah. The again, I I don't know. It's worth checking out. Like it's it's a unique sound, but it's better when you have Mike Shinoda mixing it, and also like on the on the yeah, on the right. And I I think uh, you know, basically, for for lack of a better word, in the beginning, Chester's a hired gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that kind of makes sense that his previous band might not have been nearly the same sound as Linkin Park. Yeah, but there's a couple songs from Grey Days that are, are really good. Yeah, maybe I'll like check. You get you get the r- like uh, Chester's range. Yeah, yeah, and that's part of the thing. I well, we talked about it, but that's his best work. 
Yeah. Yeah, like Soul Song, that one's really good. Um, Maury Sky is really good. I don't know. There's, there's a couple really good ones that are worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll look into it. Um, and then I guess the latest stuff. So, speak of the devil. Uh, Mr. Shinoda is back. He has remastered all the songs off Meteora. They're doing a 20th anniversary edition now. So, this album will include all the songs from Meteora, uh, remastered by Shinoda. Then a bunch of live stuff. They got live from Texas, live from Nottingham. Uh, oh, you're, t- you're talking about the 20th anniversary? Yeah, the 20th oh, okay, anniversary okay. album. Live from Texas, live from Nottingham, and uh, a bunch of demos from, from old stuff. Um, so a lot of like so demos off of Meteora here. Uh, some of the demos are, are cool, in my opinion. Yeah, I, l- I like some of that stuff. Like I said, I think... Like, I think it's cool that they put it out because even if it's it's... It's just it's cool that they're giving the fans that even if it's not the best or whatever, it's like, hey, this is w- we did this at some point. Like, why don't you listen to it and you can see how our sound evolved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they got a live Lincoln Park U tour. Um, they got a new single. Oh, so, yeah. So that's the other thing. So then the, the back half of this album is basically a whole second album for Meteora um, that was never released. Um, I don't think it was ever in the plans to be released. These are just. Songs that were kind of in the shuffle. Maybe they'll make it. Maybe they won't. Um, and now they have four, 14 tracks um, at the end of the album. Brand new tracks um, that were probably in the mix for Meteora. Mm-hmm. Um, they released the single Lost. That's the, the top track of this this part of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a few demos mixed in there. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens with it. I'm... I kind of wish they had just left it alone. <sighs> oh, see, you're a Grinch. I, even though I probably won't listen to a, a lot of it like over and over again, I'll check it out once. And just because I'm, I'm a fan of the band, I think it's cool. I would almost rather them bring in a new singer than do this. Um, oh, but no. Yeah, yeah. No. So, so here's the thing, right? So a lot of these songs that they're they're putting out here are again songs that they decided not to put on the album for one reason or another. On on mo- could have been multiple albums, honestly. Some of these demos could have been from Hybrid Theory, could have been from Minutes of Midnight, could have been sure. a lot of things. Um, but they've kind of bunched them together and put them down here on this uh, 20th anniversary album. As It's got like five albums worth of music. Um, Chester has no say in what's going on this album. I, I don't... I understand, like, wanting to, to, you know, celebrate his legacy and celebrate Linkin Park. I don't love putting out new stuff that originally was never supposed to be on anything see i I disagree i'd rather have them put out this stuff as like a time capsule is like hey here's some stuff we worked on throughout the years that had chester on it that we didn't get to release i'd rather have them do that than get another lead singer and and, you know put something else out yeah and it's tough because chester does again unique voice he such a great range it would be hard to replace him but i just these these songs were left off the album for a reason, one way or another. Yeah, but I, I guess I think the intent of them releasing this isn't like, hey, we're it's it's just a time capsule. Yeah, yeah, I it's get it. It's for those hardcore fans that, hey, like, you know. This is something else we have. Yeah, and our lead singer, you know, tragically isn't here anymore. Like, if you want, if for the hardcore fans, like, the, I think most of the hardcore fans will appreciate this. And a lot of this stuff, too, probably uh, was released at some point for the Linkin Park Underground. Yeah. Which... 
um, I, we didn't really talk about, but Lincoln Park Underground, they did a lot of, you know, essentially meeting with their fans, hanging out with their fans. Oh, cool. And uh, growing their band back in the early 2000s. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of shit. You and they even did some, like, you know, some releases that weren't, you know, public. Yeah, so. yeah, I like that. All right, so that's the albums. Um, let's see, what else are we going to do here? Well, um, let's do top ten songs, and then uh, we can do the album rankings. So okay. Top ten is just yeah. give me your list, and I'll give you mine. Yeah, yeah, we can do quick hitters. All right, cool. Um, I struggle with this. There was probably 20 songs I could have mixed back and forth in here. Yep. Um, but I'll just go with what I wrote down and probably change my mind in five seconds. Sounds good. We're going to go 10 to 1 here. 10 is The Catalyst. 9, Given Up. 8, Nth E End. The remix of In the End. 7, Breaking the Habit. 6 is Numb. 5, Lost in the Echo. The only song after Minutes of Midnight that I put in all of this. Um, God damn, it hits. Four, Bleed It Out. Three, Paper Cut. Two, Crawling. One, Somewhere I Belong. Uh, we had a lot of similar ones here. So I I ended up doing like a top 30. Again, this is my favorite band. Yeah, like yeah. When we do Shine Down, you can do a top oh, 30 dude, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So going back from, I'll do 30 to 10 quickly here. Uh, from the inside, heavy, the messenger, bleed it out, new divide, I'll be gone, burn it down, lost, faint, in between, my December, place for my head, leave out all the rest, the catalyst, a light that never comes, shadow of the day, points of authority, figure point oh nine, lost in the echo, pushing me away. Now from ten to one, I have one more light at ten, bleed it out at nine, breaking the habit at eight, somewhere I belong, seven, one step closer, six, what I've done, five, four crawling, three paper cut, two numb, one in the end. Yeah, I don't think uh <laughs> I mean, you listed off 30 songs. I would have probably 20 25 of those in my top 30. Um Yeah. Who's to fight it? I love it. Um God, this uh, the discography here is again another band that has so much. They'll have something for everybody. I like. Yeah. So, time-wise, we can do the album by album here for Linkin Park and then the concert set list. All right, cool. I'll get going here. So, uh top or bottom to top here. Let's start from the bottom. Uh, I think we're in agreement here. Hunting Party is, it's not dog shit, but it's almost dog shit. Um, then my next worst album, or my next favorite album for Lincoln Park will be One More Light. Just not a pop fan. It's very poppy. Meh. Um, after that, there's, uh, I'm just going to go A Thousand Sons. Uh, it's got a couple songs, but it's kind of just not my thing. Uh, from there, I'll go Minutes to Midnight. Good album, not great album, couple bangers for sure. Uh, Living Things, I really think this band kind of like caught its legs from under it after A Thousand Sons with Living Things, and I love what they did um, with the change of sound but still sticking to their roots. Uh, from there, this is a tough one. It's either Meteora or Hybrid Theory. I Instinctually, I'll say Hybrid Theory than Meteora, but ask me tomorrow and my opinion might change. So, Meteor number one, Hybrid Theory two. Yeah, so I don't think anyone's going to disagree. Like, nobody can, can disparage you for picking one of those albums over the other. They're both they're both great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, my tier list here of Linkin Park album rankings, the S tier, so the top of the list, and I did quarterbacks for my, my theme this oh, week. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, so the S tier. I didn't even include Aaron Rodgers in this <laughs> list. Oh, because he's so like whack now, I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> I like don't even know how to how to <laughs> put him in there. So 
S tier, this is the Tom Brady tier. There's no disputing. I mean, I just said that you could have the right, albums one right. or another. But for me, Hybrid Theory is the top. Fair it's enough. the number one album. Every single song is a classic. Yep. Um, it's my favorite album. Replay value, song by song, whatever, however way you want to grade it. And the same with Tom Brady. Passing yards, touchdowns, <laughs> Super Bowl, whatever you want to grade it. This album comes out on top for me. Okay, okay. So my next tier, this is wha- what I classify as like A tier. This is Patrick Mahomes. And in this tier, we have Meteora. And for me, Meteora comes first. And then Minutes to Midnight. I really like Minutes to Midnight. Uh, every single song on the album, I still listen to to this day. So those two albums are in the Mahomes tier for me. So Mahomes seems like a guy, though, who has the potential be to be a, like a Brady or a ba- Brady ass. Sh- sure. This is of today. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm not disputing that. I, I I agree with that. All right. All right. No worries. Continue. <laughs> the next tier here. This is the cool tier. This is you know B plus. Ah. This is the Joe Cool Joe, Joe cool. Burrow tier. Ah. This tier has Reanimation and Collision Course, both remix albums that are extremely well done and extremely good. Reanimation, I think every for the most part, I don't know if there's 18 remixes. There's like 14 of them that are like. Like, damn, these are good. There's not really any dispute. And then there's a couple that are, you know, whatever. Collision Course, All there's only six songs. All of them are good. Yeah, facts. Both of these albums are just cool. No other group remixes their albums like this. No other group does it to this degree and does it this well. And this th- these albums just have sw- – they ooze swag. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> like Joe Burrow when he's walking in on game Stop day with, with the sunglasses and, <laughs> and the, the hair flip back. I the mean, album's got the pink minx on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So my next year, uh, so the last one I gave like a B plus. This I'm giving like a B. This is Josh Allen tier, still really good. Living things. Josh Allen's an interesting quarterback to choose for your B tier. Well, so I guess don't think of it mu- as much as B as it's still Josh Allen's a really good quarterback, right? Yeah. This is still, in my opinion, a really good album. It's 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 different in that it, it because of the sounds where it's kind of a little bit more on like the it ex- like gets into especially with recharge like it gets into like the EDM. Um, this is a different sound. Josh Allen's a different quarterback. He he runs. He truck sticks linebackers. He can also flick his wrist and throw it sixty yards downfield. Or like Jared Goff, somebody who just comes in and changes the franchise around completely. <laughs> awesome quarterback. He really should be a tier in my opinion. But yeah. agree to disagree. Well, whatever. <laughs> so next year, this is also a B, uh, same as the last one. Lamar Jackson tier. This is recharged. Yeah. So, yeah. You yeah. know why? Because Lamar Jackson is fast as hell, <laughs> and Recharge, this remix album, is fast as hell. It's EDM. It's different. It, you've never seen anything like it, but it works. Great comparison. I love this. I love that. <laughs> so the, the, this next one, this was a hard one. This is probably like, in terms of quarterbacks, it's probably like the weirdest ranking, but this is like, for me, B-. minus. I've labeled this one the Matt Stafford tier, One More Light. It's For me, it's a good album. Um it, you know, it's just not never could get the job done. Yeah, it, yeah, gotcha. it's yeah. not always. There's a couple. You know, it has good moments, but it's not always good. It has to have the right. You know, right. it has so to be in the right mood to listen to this album. Yeah, in a different system, it might flourish, but here it's just not it. <laughs> exactly. Like right. Yeah, I have to be in a mood to like want to you know sit down and like listen to some of the some of the sad songs. I guess. Yeah, you need a fresh perspective. But I I still like it. So fair. The next year. This is the C tier. This is the Jimmy G slash Derek Carr tier. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> take your pick. This I put a thousand suns in. For okay, me, yeah. it's a concept album. I think it's you know at a glance, I think it's going to be better than what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple good 
good songs and like these quarterbacks it has some good moments uh some memorable ones but yeah all in all it'll disappoint yeah so last two tiers here we have the d tier this is zach wilson this is hunting party <laughs> i don't want to watch i don't want to listen to this album i don't want to watch zach wilson play quarterback this just doesn't do it for me i no zach wilson has no hope and neither does this album no, no further comment and then the last one here, I know that they did a acapella and instrumentals for Living Things, but I didn't include that in the rankings. But I did include the Hunting Party acapella and instrumental in these rankings. So this is the F tier. This is the Jamarcus <laughs> Russell tier. It's just lazy. Like, the album wasn't that good to do a whole remix for it. Like, and it's not even a remix. It's just taking the acapella and the instrumentals. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to listen to this at all. <laughs> Jamarcus Russell, you're such a clown. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty bad, though. No doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll do the uh, analogies like that. Maybe I'll try it out for a couple of weeks, but I, yeah, I thought it'd be something different. I don't know. It's kind of fun. I like it. We'll see where yeah. it goes. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. So let me uh, let me bring this up into this next idea I had. So I remember kind of vividly with Linkin Park, their opener was hard hitting. And it. so I saw Linkin Park at concert. I saw him at uh, a TTE Music Theater, now Pine Knob. And uh, I remember just sitting there, kind of sun going down, um, getting a little chilly in there on like a late summer night. And all of a sudden, they just came in banging. I don't remember exactly what song it was, but they came in with a full head of steam, ready to knock your knock your ass over. Um, and that's like one of the things I love about going to a rock show is like a, a kick-ass opener. I also love a kick-ass encore. So... This segment is kind of inspired by, like, you're going to see whatever band in concert. What song do you want to see them open with? And what songs do you want to see them play in the encore? Um, and actually, let's pause for a second. I didn't do got going again. For sure. Hey, gotcha. All right. So with the opener, Linkin Park has a lot of contenders here. I think Paper Cut would be a good opener. That was going to be mine, yeah. Yeah, I think Bleed It Out would be a good opener. Um, probably a couple off the top I'm forgetting here. but I think, I, n I, granted, I don't know if they would tour with this song like all the time, but Given Up would be a good one, too. That's where I'm going. Given Up is my, my Linkin Park dream opener. It hits like a fucking bag of bricks, dude. Like, you could... One of the things you could do with this song is... You could kind of, like, have the band just start toying around on the instruments a little bit, play, like, a little soft kind of intro, and then as that's going, just, like, loudly pick up into giving up. And from second one of this song, you're banging your fucking head against the wall ready to go. That's what gets the people going. I think giving up's an awesome opener for this band. Um, Now you get to the encore, right? The encore doesn't... It doesn't necessarily have to have all of the greatest hits in the encore. But I think something that's important for the encore is the band's already played a lot of their hits. They need to leave at least one in reserve so that when they come back, the first note they play out of nowhere, you know that song immediately. <laughs> this song is an a you you can't miss it. The first time you hear the record kind of scratch a little bit, you know what it is. Somewhere I Belong is an elite mm. encore opener. Oh, yeah, I like that. Follow that up with the catalyst. The catalyst you can do a lot of things with because it is it's a long song. It's a very kind of uh, they got a lot of different sounds in the song, instrumental stuff. 
Um, you could stretch this one out if you wanted to do do some crowd work, do whatever you want to do. This is a fun one to throw in an encore because you can make you can do a lot of different things with it. I'm finishing with burn it down because because burn it down is kind of the same way. It's a little bit more high tempo and there's a big section at the end that you can stretch out to infinity with crowd work, with thank yous, with this is our band, with whatever the hell you want. But after you, you've played most of the song and then you do all that extra stuff, you can add guitar solos in, you could do more work on the board, all sorts of stuff you can do with this song. You could even play a little bit of the re- like the remix parts of it. Mm. Whatever you want to do. There's this is a great closing song for the encore because of all the things I just said. Yeah, I, I like that list. And I do agree, you gotta have one back in the chamber of like a certified hit. Oh it, yeah. It's funny when you go to concerts sometimes and like you'll get to the encore and you're like, oh, like wh- which which one of the hits did they not play yet? Yeah, yeah. That's honestly like one of my favorite things about the encore is you know sometimes you know if the band hasn't played a certain song that it's coming in the encore. Sometimes a band is so deep, and Linkin Park is probably one of those bands, that they could leave four or five in the chamber, and you're like, oh, shit, what are they going to play now? You're like, are they going to play my favorite song here? They may or may not play it in the encore, but like the suspense of waiting for it is part of the fun for me. Yeah, I think uh, from now on when I start going to concerts, I'll have to like write it down, like you know what, what, what they open with and what they close with, because I think it would be fun to talk about. Yeah, there's a um, gosh, I should I'll get the name for the next episode. Um, my buddy, he's got this website that like basically records the set list for every concert. Um, and you can go back and look at historical data for all sorts oh, of stuff. Oh, it keeps the historical data? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'll check sometimes like which I know is a little lame. A little know? lame sometimes before I go to a concert like Yeah, that's exactly what he does. Cuz he my this guy is he's a little bit neurotic. He likes to like uh <laughs> He likes to know the set list because he likes to leave during the last song so that we can beat the traffic a little bit. Very, very much fatherly behavior. Is, is this an engineer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but so he he looks at the set list before we go to these concerts. I go to a lot of concerts with this guy, um, and he he just wants to know like what time it is to go, and so we'll like start kind of like making our way out of the seats into the crowd. And a lot of the time, like, we don't even really leave during the song. What we'll do is kind of, like, get out into the concourse and then peek our heads in through one of, the, like, the, the breaks in the seats, watch a little bit, and then get out, like, as the song's ending. So we don't save all that much time. We still end up getting stuff stuck in, like, parking traffic hell more than not. So th- that is a – it is a clown move, but I will say if you're at – pie knob or dt and if you're not from michigan this venue is the worst venue to leave from in terms of parking traffic <laughs> it's horrible there's like there's there's basically two two main ways you can leave uh, if you're in the vip or whatever you can get there's other ways too yeah, but yeah. basically there's two main ways for all the people that park in the lot and you're just in like a field and then there's also a parking lot so you have people coming from both sides trying to go out and they always even they always have cops directing the traffic I've waited like an hour and a half to get out of the the venue before there. Yeah, it's no fun. You got to try to park near the exit, but then the exit is like fucking. It's a such a long walk to the doors, and you so know. I will say like if it's at DTE, uh, it's more respectable than if you're at like a, a more. F- oh no, yeah, we've done this at every concert venue I've ever been to. Oh okay. Yeah, but no, <laughs> DTE is especially bad, and I think it's. I mean, it, it's probably a little bit worse than another concert venue when you're in the parking lot. Uh, like the the paved lot when you're in the other part in the grass is fucking mayhem dude 
I, I don't know how there's not more like horrible car accidents out there because I just see people like the the most aggressive drivers on planet Earth are parked in that grass parking lot in the back of DT. Dude, there was one time when uh, I was uh, my best friend Jake yeah, yeah. and my wife and Jake's girlfriend Natalie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we got his mom to drop us off at DT because it's, it was super close to their house. Okay. And then she's going to pick us up. So, concert's over. Actually, we might have even left like a, so- a couple songs early too and like given her the heads up or whatever. Okay. All right. And uh, we're like, all right, we're going to walk to the spot where you dropped us <laughs> off to pick us up. She came in like the back way, so like through the, the I know woods what you're and talking shit. About, yeah. So, uh, where the woods are, you can go out one of two ways or whatever. There, I guess, I don't know. I- anyway, we, we started walking and we walked down the, r- the wrong way. And we were walking for like, no joke, like 45 minutes. Like, Where is his mom? And like, she's like, I'm here. Like, I don't know. And, and eventually, like, we figured out that we had went the wrong way. So we had to backtrack the 45 minutes and then go the other way. And it ended up being like a whole like hour and a half, two hour ordeal. And I felt bad for his mom. But yeah, was, that place is a nightmare to get out of. Yeah, no, it's uh, and, and like, I feel like they've made efforts to make it better. But there's just, it's too congested. The palace was just as bad, but they're, they're, they just need more exits. There's only really like. If you're in general parking, there's essentially one exit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> coming back full circle here, we could talk about DTE for an hour. Um, my concert set list, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think Paper Cut or Given Up would be amazing to o- open up to. Or I'm going to give you a different one, Crawling, and they just do a delayed intro. Yeah, they could drag that out a little and bit. And they do it on one of their live albums or whatever, where it's just, you know. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. kind of just playing with the yeah. synth, yeah. And because uh, that's just like the anticipation factor. That's that's part of the intro. I guess I didn't get to. The anticipation, the build up to the intro is is all that makes the intro. Sometimes bands will just get into it. Like I, I've seen plenty of concerts where a band just gets into their first song. Hey, I'm Weezer. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> um, you know, but I, I do love a band that that gives you a tease a little bit not so much in the encore but in the intro yes yeah so in my three song encore would be i'm gonna go number one what i've done because again they it's into like you they, they walk off and they come back and then it eases into the song and it's still like one of their you know classic songs yeah um so that into I want to say in the end, but there's no way they wouldn't play that during the regular. Yeah, I feel like that's a closer for the opening se- or for the main set list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I won't say that. I'll say. I'll say, one step closer. Okay. That's, that's a great song. Yep, yep. And then to close it out, I'll say bleed it out because that's one that you can you can you could drag that out like, and and do a lot with like an instrumental going in the background and. That's funny. Bleed it out at the end. I See, I hadn't really considered this because normally I, I feel like a band goes out on one of their biggest hits at the end. And Bleed It Out's a uh, pretty fairly popular song, but definitely not in their top five. Oh, I disagree. I'll, I, I'll pull up iTunes right now. I, gar- I bet you money it's in the top five. Like plays? It was just No, just like uh, – or if I go to Spotify, I guarantee it's in that like top five song. Oh, okay. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe I'm just missing something here. Oh, it's also a pretty short song. I think it's only like two and a half minutes long. Yeah, obviously you'll stretch it out. Um, but there is there is that section at the end after he finishes screaming, Bleed it out, where 
he can kind of you can add a lot of stuff on top of the guitar and play around a little bit. Um, I guess I gotta eat crow here. It's not in the top five on either of these, but it's still really popular. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're, they're, it's just they have such a such a long, long discography that it would be. They got so many other popular songs, like singles and shit, that it would it would hard be hard for that one to like come to the top. I guess. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, top, probably top five favorites of mine, just popularity wise, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Yeah, I like it. It's good. All right. Anything else? Um. No, not for uh, not not for Lincoln Park. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right, cool. Uh, then I think that wraps up our first episode for Lincoln Park. Thanks everybody for listening. Remember, this <laughs> oh, we're gonna do a double outro. <laughs> oh yeah, we can do yeah yeah double outro. Take it away. Oh yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> All right, so now a great episode. Yeah, we and, killed uh, it again. The schedule for the next couple weeks here, we're gonna do Shine Down next week, then yep. Nirvana, yep. then John Mayer. I like it. And then you and I will pick someone. Yeah, we'll for just keep going. After. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a little roulette. Sweet. All right, cool. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate your time. Uh, see, Catch you next week. Absolutely.